Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. It's time to get on with it. Don't you think we should get on with it? I mean, like the greater, like, you know, the greater... The greater blessing of God, the the greater glory of God, the greater anointing of God, the greater wisdom of God, the greater faith of God. It's time to get on with it. We need God to help us get on with it. We can't stay where we have been. I mean, thank God, you know, he teaches us and he helps us to, and sustains us. But I don't want to just stay in this place of being sustained. You know, I don't want to just be sustained and remain in the same place. I want to move on. I just know there's higher. I know there's more. I know there's greater. God wants to get us there. He wants to get us there more than you want to get there. Oh, God, God please get like you got to beg God to get you there. God's looking at you. Please let me take you there. Please let me. It's like God, God's, God's, the, God's the one begging this morning. He's begging us. He's begging us to get on with it. Get on with his plan for our, for our life. Allow him to take us on to the greater things. There's so many things trying to block us and keep us from the greater blessings of God. So many things. And so sad to see so many people stumble and fall and uh, get tripped up, held back by the enemy's lies. But it's time to break through. It's time to break through every one of his lies that he has fortified your life with to keep you out of the blessing of God. It's time to, it's time to get on with it. And we've got to get there fast because the time is short. The days are evil. And there's a lot of folks that need us to be the church that God has ordained us to be. And there's been generations that have come and gone and, and they have failed as, as the church to be what God wanted them to be. And we could fail. We could miss it. There's no guarantee of getting it. There's no guarantee of getting it if we don't get with it, if we don't get over in faith, if we don't allow God to be able to get to work in us in a greater, deeper, faster way. Like he wants to do. He wants to do it. But it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. God wants it to happen. It'll just happen. You know, I I say this a lot. You know, I hit on that a lot because that's just such a big lie throughout the body of Christ, throughout the world. It's time to break out. It's time to break out. Break out into the more of what God has you for. Not just what God has for you, but what but the more of what God has you for. You've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works. God-sized works. God-sized works. And uh, every one of you, that not one of you are left behind, but we're all moving into the greater that God has for us. The greater that God has for us. And over here in 2 Samuel, chapter 6, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, Hit it on it again last week. About the three-month blessing. The three-month blessing. It's a little less than three months now left in this year. And uh, this, is, this has been called prophetically the year of plenty. 
You know, God will give you a prophetic word so that you could fight the good fight of faith with it. So many times when you get a prophetic word like that, it means there's probably a fight coming. And you're going to have to fight the fight of faith to see it come to pass. And so God's giving us ammo. He's letting us know, my will for you this year is to prosper. It's not to be diminished. It's not to be silenced. It's not to be closed up, pushed back, shut down. But it's time to open up and shout. Get loud and grow big. Expand and be blessed. That's God's will. It hasn't changed. Just because the nations are running around in a panic, this people are, are making an uproar. It doesn't mean God's plans have changed. God's plans haven't changed. And for many, for many believers who have taken hold of that word at the beginning of the year, they've prospered. They've done well. At a time where it looks like they shouldn't have done well, a lot of folks have done well. They've done very well. And so thank God for that. But God wants to see a full fulfillment of that promise in our lives. When he says plenty, God's talking plenty. Like boatloads. Like, uh, Peter, let's go out for a catch. Like, let down your net for a catch. You know what I'm talking about? And so Peter, he dropped the net and he said, Lord, now, you know, we've, we've toiled for the last, uh, last nine months. And we've been working and, and, and really I'm... T- but at your word, I'll, I'll let down the net. No, he said nets. I'll let down the net. See, he only believed God halfway. But you know, the Lord still is merciful. <laughs> Praise God. So they go, they throw that net out there, that probably the net that they hadn't cleaned yet. Probably some worn out net. They probably never cleaned, never really cared much about. You know, they just cleaned all the other nets, so they didn't want to put those in the water. So they took this little junky net, threw it out there, and next thing you know, they start pulling in fish that the net that they chose started ripping. Which means what? Fish were lost. Fish were fish got away. Fish got away. They weren't able, they weren't able to get all that God had for them. But even, even with that kind of lame faith, lame faith, man, they kept, they kept throwing the net in, started throwing their other nets in. They finally got with the program, and they started pulling so many fish into the boat that the boat began to sink. Now, think about that. How many fish would it take to sink a boat? A boatload. A boatload. That's a lot of fish. They could pull it. But you see, when the Lord says he wants to give you plenty, then he's talking about plenty. That's what he's talking about. How, how fast? Now, they toiled all night. They toiled and they toiled in their own strength all night. But when Jesus got into the boat with them, when Jesus got into the boat with them, how fast... How fast, how long did it take for them to get a boatload of fish so that they had plenty of fish, they had too much fish so that the boat was sinking? How long did it take? It was quick. See, we don't want to lead on our own understanding on human wisdom. 
and limit the Almighty God. That's why he gives us the word to show you what he can do today by showing you what he did yesterday. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he wants to expand our vision. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But the problem is if you can't ask it or think it, you can't comprehend it, then you can't have it. Because you got to be able to believe it. In order to believe it, you got to be able to see it. You got to be able to think it. You got to be able to imagine it. You got to be able to expect it. So he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you're currently asking or thinking. So now ask God, Lord, expand my ability to think. Ask him. Expand my ability to think. Expand my asking. Man, you're saying that like Peter when he threw that net in the water. My Lord, Jesus. I yeah, nevertheless, that's your word, Pastor, I'll say it. That's your word, I'll say it. Now, we don't want to be like Peter, do we? You know, Jesus said, I'll make you a fisher of men. He went on to say to Peter, right? I'll make you a fisher of men. So each one of those fish represent men. They represent human beings that were supposed to be caught in the gospel net and brought into the kingdom of God. But they were lost. They were lost because of the casualness and the weak faith of the fishermen. We don't want to be weak faith fishermen. I said, we don't want to be weak faith fishermen. We want to be faith-filled fishermen, full of passion, full of the zeal of the Lord. Praise God. Jesus said, Jesus said, this is the year. My God, get those nets over here. Get those nets over here. We're going fishing. Hallelujah. Man, there's only two and something, you know, two months and a half, whatever of, of, of time left for this year. And he, he said, plenty, plenty. So, so there's a lot that's got to happen in a short period of time to get the plenty, the plenty that God's got for you and I. So we saw this over in 2 Samuel chapter 6, where the ark of the Lord which represented the presence and glory of God, the manifested presence of God, was brought into the house of a man by the name of Obedidam. And the Bible says in verse 10, so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obedidam the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidam the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Notice that. The Lord blessed him. Why? Because the ark was there. Blessed it and all his household. Verse 12. In other words, everything connected to him. Now it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. So this wasn't some kind of little tiny secret blessing. Where Obed-Edom said, man, I have a testimony. I'd like to share this testimony of what God did for my family the last three months. God's been very good to us. And he gets up and he shares a little testimony. Everybody goes, that's very, not nice. ooh, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. What's next? What's next? 
And, they, and that's, 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 that's all it was. No, no, no. This was much bigger than that. You won't have to testify this. Everybody else will testify of what God is, do, of what God is doing in your life. Let's have a testimony service where everybody else is testifying about your life. And what a blessed person you are and what a blessing you have become. That, now that's a blessing when, when everybody else is testifying about you and you don't have to say a word. Don't have to say, I don't have to say a word about it. Praise God. Everybody goes, that man's blessed. That man's blessed. Everything he has is blessed. Everything he has is blessed. The whole neighborhood's talking about it. Everything he has is blessed. In fact, it's not just the neighborhood. It's the whole city. The whole city. The whole city. The whole city. It's talking about how blessed, how blessed you are. And, and, it's, and then it goes beyond the city. It gets out there into the whole state of Kentucky. Whole state of the Kentucky finds out how blessed you are. And they're all testifying about it. Finally, it just goes from state to state. Till finally, the president hears about it. The king hears about it. That's what happened here. King David heard about it. People said, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because the ark of God. That's why. Because of what? The ark of God. Because of the glory of God. The glory of God. It's amazing what happens when the glory of God comes in. You know, there's a minister... He had a, a church for, oh man, a number, he, probably as long as, you know, we've been pastoring this, I've pastoring this church here. He was pastoring church, and you know, I think he said it was probably a church of maybe like 75 people, something like that. Been that way for years, you know. He said he didn't particularly change anything, you know. He was ministering the same messages, and he's always ministered in things. But anyway, one day, he was in the sanctuary just praying, and he said, all of a sudden, this silvery silhouette began to just kind of move in front of him. And he, he was just, he just looked at it. And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, my glory is now in this place. And then it just disappeared. And he said, he said, you know, it's not that it left, but he said, I just couldn't see it anymore. He said, the next service, we increased by 50 people. The service after that, another 50 people. And he said it just kept going from that, from that point on. Well, he ended up becoming, you know, an internationally known minister. And uh, they started churches, you know, all over the country. Because of the glory of God that came upon his life. And upon those people and upon that ministry, upon that work. That's what the glory of God will do. Just like that. Just like that. It just changed. You know, today folks are running around and they're trying to do all kinds of things. You know, we've got all these seminars for pastors to how to get your church to grow. How to get your church to grow. And it's just full of human wisdom. That's why I wrote that book, The Spirit-Led Church. And I encourage every one of you to read it. I won't ask for a show of hands. Oh, yes, I will. No, I won't. No, don't. You all should have read the book. To understand the time we're living in. The church age, what's going on in the church world today? What's happening in churches today? But a lot of folks, you know, they're trying to make churches grow and they're coming up with all kinds of ways of doing it. But as for me and this house, we will not rest until we see the glory of God in this place. 
the glory of God in such a way that the increase comes. It just comes because of the glory. I'm just looking for the glory. I'm not looking to go out and try to impress people, trying to convince people. I'm looking for the glory of God to do the work, to draw the people. You know, Jesus just walked in that glory, and people came running to the light. People came running to the light. You know, you go outside and you put a light at night out there in the summertime, and next thing you know, you'll have everything, every, everything in the world buzzing around it. Right? And all, everything runs to the light. All the insects run to the light. They're just captivated by it. Even those that aren't saved will come to the light. So the key is to get the light brighter. Get the light brighter. How do you get the light brighter? Well, you got to be like Obed-Edom. You got to know how to take care of the ark. You got to know how to take care of it. You got to know how to honor God. There's certain things we need to do. The Lord's already given us keys. What we need to be doing right now. Does anybody remember any of them? Praying like you never prayed before. Study the word like you've never studied the word before. Mutter the word of God. What else? Be passionate. I mean, dance, jump, shout, put some energy into it. I mean, that's how God dealt with us right here at the beginning about the nets. You know, Peter said, yeah, I'll put in the net. No, be passionate. Be passionate about your faith. Be passionate about the things you say you believe. Be passionate about it. What's the other one? Sanctified. Be sanctified. Be holy. You can't have unholy stuff going on in your house and expect the ark to be there. And we want the ark to be right here in Life Faith Bible Church. I mean, God's here. Don't get me wrong. And it's been good. But man, I'm talking about the greater. I'm talking about the overflow. I'm talking about, I'm talking about this greater blessing, this greater anointing. That's what we need right now. But we need to be sanctified. We need to be holy. Present our bodies holy unto God. What's the other one? Bring tithes and offerings. If you're not a tither by now, get with the pro. Get with it. Get with it. Be a tither. Offerings. Increase. Be a big giver. Right? Because he says who sows bountifully reaps. Bountifully. We want to reap. We want to see the bountiful. We want to see the bigger. So we got to give better. And finally, what's number seven? Honor God's people. Connect. Be hospitable. Reach out. Be a blessing to one another. Because we're working together. Are we doing those things? Are we increasing those things? You need to examine your life. Make sure you're doing these things. Otherwise, we could miss it. We could miss it. It could just go right past us. The ark, the ark, just, the ark just goes right past our house. It's got to go to somebody else's house. No, I want it here in this house. I want it in your house. I want people to hear how blessed you are. Why not? God wants to do it. You want to do it. So let's do it. Turn to somebody and say, just do it. Just do it. Praise God. Just do it. Now, turn with me to Micah. This past week, I was here in the Word, and I came across something here in Micah, and I just couldn't get away from it. And I realized God wanted to talk to us about this. Micah chapter 2, and we'll start here in verse 1. That's, that's not what jumped out to me. We'll get to that. But verse 1, this is where we get it in its context. 
It says, woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds. It's amazing to think that there's people like that. That they devise iniquity. They work out evil. I mean, they're lying in bed at night, plotting, thinking about an evil takeover, an evil scheme, how they can trick people, how they can snare people, how they can take advantage of people to prosper themselves. It's amazing to think that there's people like that. And friend, I got news for you. In the day and hour we're living in, there aren't just a few of those kind of people. There's a whole lot of them. Whole lot of them. People that devise iniquity and work evil, work out evil on their beds. At morning light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. In other words, they have the authority to actually bring these wicked conspiracies to pass. To bring these wicked plans together. They have it in the power of their hand. They have the authority to make it happen. So now we're not just talking about just anybody. We're talking about people in authority. We're talking about people in leadership. Verse 2. They covet fields and take them by violence. Also houses and seize them. So they oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. So they, they're looking to take advantage of folks. Verse 3, take things from folk, plunder people. Verse 3, therefore thus says the Lord, behold, against this family I am devising disaster. From which you cannot remove your necks, nor shall you walk haughtily, for this is an evil time. It's an evil time. When you've got these people in authority, we could say government leaders, that are wanting to take advantage of people and seize upon people's weaknesses and plunder them of their possessions, dominate and control their lives. There's a lot of folks in government today that are just like that. And in fact, this word family, he says, behold, against this family, I am devising disaster. That word family, when you look it up in the original Hebrew, can also be translated aristocrats. Aristocrats. Look it up for yourself in a concordance. And an aristocrat is a form of government that places strength in the hands of of a small, privileged, or elite ruling class or political party. He says, I'm going to, I'm against this family. I am against this political party. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm against this political party. I'm against this group of people, these people that have authority, these government officials who want to plunder the people of the land, who want to seize upon their possessions because of their covetousness. There are folks conspiring against us. 
according to the word of God. But then jump down to verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. Now he's not talking about that political party anymore. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the children of God. He says, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. I mean, they're a shouting bunch. They're a praising God bunch. They're making a joyful noise unto their God. And man, oh man, it is a loud noise because of so many people. So many people. This is talking about increase. This is talking about a harvest of people. Coming into the house of God. God gathering people into the kingdom of God. Causing people to be saved. To come and to praise and worship him. Lift their voices to him. That's what he's talking about. But it's happening in the best of times. No, it's happening in an evil time. It's happening in an evil time when there is at the same time judgment coming on a government party. He says, I'm going to do this to this group of people that want to plunder you. They've been trying to plunder you. They've been, they've been scheming against you. They've been conspiring against you. They've been wanting to take you captive. They've been wanting to make you their own. They're wanting to control and dominate your life. They want to silence the people of God. God says, no, I'm against them. I'm against them. In fact, I'm going to go back and look at it again. He says in verse 3, Behold, thus says the Lord, I'm against this family. I am devising disaster from which you cannot remove your necks. You are wanting to put a yoke of bondage on the necks of my people, but in fact, it's going to come back on you. Your necks are going to be yoked, and you're not going to be able to break free from it this time. Come on, somebody. I'm going to bind you up real good, and I'm going to loosen the house of God. I'm going to release my blessing on the children of God, and my power will be seen in the house of God so that so many people will come into the house of God that it's going to be loud, 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 full of shouts, full of praise. It's going to be a noisy place. <laughs> you might as well get noisy now. Because we already got it by faith. What a word from God. What a word from God. It's time for this increase. It's time for this harvest. It's time for this kind of blessing. It's time for it. We've been praying about it. We've been asking God for it. And we've been coming against those in government who would come against us. And God's heard our prayers. And he's moving and he's devising. I love when God gets to devising. He's de he is devising some good things. Uh, not good for everybody. 
but it's good for you and I. In fact, he says that here in Micah in uh, chapter 2, verse 7. He says, you who are named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord restricted? Are these his, his doings? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? See, God's word does good to him who walks uprightly. It don't, good, don't, good do, don't, good do, it don't do good for everybody. It don't, good, it don't do good for everybody. But it do good for you and I. Because we walk uprightly. We, we're walking in line with the word of God. Hallelujah. But now for those that don't walk uprightly, see, then there's a devising. There's, the word of God is against them. You understand? You know, the word, the word is not just sweet talk. There's some very harsh things that we see in the scriptures. It's harsh. God's harsh. How many you know God created hell? He's the creator of hell. The devil didn't create hell. No, God created hell. I mean, that's, pretty, that's a pretty rough place all the time. I mean, there's some folks that can't even believe that. They don't even really believe in a literal hell. Well, they don't believe the Bible. No way, there's no way God couldn't be that cruel. He couldn't be that way. There's no way that somebody for all eternity, for all eternity is going to be tormented in fire. Just be tormented and with no hope ever of, of getting out of it. They're there forever and ever and ever and the torment never lessens. It just continues forever. You think about Forever. Pain, suffering, torment that never ends forever. There's some people, they've thought about it, they go, no way, it, just, it can't be literal. It can't be literal, but it is. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, behold, consider the goodness and severity of God. As surely as God is good, so good that he created a literal heaven that is just perfect. No suffering, no pain, just Blessing, that's it, forever and ever and ever. In the same way he created heaven, in the same way he is good, consider he is severe. He is severe. Hell is literal. People are going to hell. Now, a lot of folks are going there ignorantly, and we don't have to let that happen. I said, we don't have that happen. We could preach the gospel to them, and we could rescue them from a literal hell. We could pull them out of that place. We could teach them the word of God so that they have an opportunity to experience the goodness of God in their life. Now, if they reject it and kick against it and fight against it, then the word don't do them good. The word will send them to hell. The word will cause them to have problems right here on the earth. You don't want to kick against the most high God. Can you say amen? amen? So look at verse 12 again. He says, Surely, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely, I love Shirley. Don't you love Shirley? She's wonderful. Surely. I mean, it's like positively, man. There's no doubt about it. See, faith doesn't doubt. Faith says surely. Faith doesn't say, well, we'll wait and see. Faith doesn't sit there and say, well, it'd be nice if that was true. Faith says, surely. Surely. I like surely, but it's surely. I understand. 
Surely I will assemble you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold. God's putting people together. He's putting his flock together. In the midst of their pasture, they shall make a loud noise because of so many people. Verse 13, the one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them, the Lord at their head. Notice this. What comes before the harvest? What comes before the increase? The one who breaks open. That's what comes. Something needs to be broken open. Before this could come, before this increase could come, before this harvest could come, before this judgment could come, where judgment needs to come, something needs to break open. And how many people know the enemy? He's been endeavoring to break some things open. He's been endeavoring to break things open. He's been in a rage. You know, if you just look around, and you look at the kind of rage that people are in. I mean rage over this election. People have been raging in the streets. Like out of control rage. Breaking things. Breaking windows. Looting. Stealing. Committing all kinds of crime. Just a complete breakout of lawlessness. How many people that's the enemy's doing? The enemy has been getting folks worked up. He's been getting them worked up. Why? Because he is trying to cause a breakout. A breakout of ungodliness. A breakout of lawlessness. That's what the devil is doing. And you got to look and say, what are you panicking over? Because to me, it looks like a panic attack from hell. It just looks like a panic attack from hell. I mean, it's like people are in a panic. Something's driving them. It's like, devil, why suddenly such a panic? You want to know why? Because God is about to break open some things. Things are about to break out in the body of Christ, break out in the earth. And the devil is trying to preempt it. He's trying to block it. He's trying to get out in front of it. He's trying to distract from it. He's trying to stop it because he knows he has but a short time. So the devil, he's in a panic and he's causing lawlessness to break out. But it's only to preempt the breakout of godliness. The breakout of the Holy Ghost. The breakout of the blessing. I want a blessing breakout, don't you? Don't you just want the blessing to break out? Praise God. Look at it again. Verse 13. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. 
Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. He is leading us in triumph. He is leading out, leading us out of where we have been. He's bringing us now into the greater. Will you follow? Will you go with him? Will you, will you flow with the Father? Flow with the Lord. Let him take you into this place. Now, Psalm, the second chapter. This has been a scripture all this year that just, I keep coming back to it. Not preaching the same messages from it. Just keep getting fresh things because this word is so in season. Verse 1, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain thing? The nations there can be translated Gentiles or heathen. The heathen. The heathen, like we just said, are in a rage. And they're plotting. They've been plotting. But it's a vain thing. I said it's a vain thing. It's an empty thing. In other words, you're wasting your time. Have you noticed how many plots that became public and amounted to nothing? And you've got to understand something. These are professional plotters. These are not, these are not just little plotters. These are, these are professional plotters. These are folks, they, I don't even think they sleep at night. They just lie on their bed and they plot. This is what they do. And they've had the authority to do things. And yet, they just haven't been able to do it. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? And they're in a rage. They're in a rage. The people. They're in a rage. Verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves. So again, there's the government leaders. Kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. You know, it's all, it's all about the church. It's all about you. It's all about the Christians, the anointed ones, the anointed Jesus and his anointed body, the body of the anointed one, the body of Christ. It, it's really, it's all about all the plotting, all of it ultimately is against the church. It's against you and I. Verse 3, notice what they say. Let us break. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Notice what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to break some things. Again, they're wanting to break out. They want to break out. They want to be unrestrained in their lust, in their covetousness, in their ungodliness, in their lawlessness, in all their criminal activity, they want to be unrestrained. And so they want to break their bonds. Whose bonds? Ours. Because you and I are the ones that hold up the word of God. That hold the nations in check. That hold them accountable to God. Hold them accountable to their conscience. But see, there's a lot of folks, they don't want to listen to their conscience. They don't want to listen to their heart. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want, they want to suppress that. They don't want to, they don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that there's, there's a, a right and a wrong and there's, there's absolutes. They want it to be whatever they want it to be. 
And so they suppress their convictions. They suppress the truth. And yet you and I, we just keep lifting it up. And like salt, we just keep rubbing it in. Right? And it's convicting. It's unnerving. And so they want to they break free of you. They want to break free of the church. They want to break free of you and me because they want to break, break free of the word. They want to break free of God. So they plotted and they planned to break our bonds. How did they do it? By controlling us. By breaking our spirit. Breaking our spirit. Breaking our faith down. Breaking down. Breaking us down. So that we don't stand up and we're no longer bold anymore for the Lord. What does it take to break you down and make you useless in the kingdom of God? You know he's been trying to do it. Trying to break you down. Trying to break you down. Try to break us up. Break us apart. Try to divide the body of Christ. Separate us from one another. Cause division in the camp. He's always trying to break in and break out. Cause ungodliness to break out in our lives. Break our hearts. Oppress us. That's what he's ever looking to do. But thank God for the healing anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on, someone. We were singing it before. I was broken, but he healed me. Right? You were broken, and he healed you. He's our healer. And when he heals you, he completely heals you. No cracks left. If you have any cracks left, let's get the cracks out. And here's the crack where it was broken. And you can see a little of the glue where the glue oozed out. No scars. No spiritual scar tissue. Come on. The Lord goes in with his laser, man. It's gone. It's just, it's gone. It's fresh. It's new. It's clean. It's like it never happened. It's like I never even went through that. It's like another lifetime. It's like another person. I'm not carrying that around with me. I'm not looking at the wound. And every once in a while it leaks. No, no, no. Totally healed. Totally healed. Devil can't break us apart. He can't break us down. Can you say amen? amen? So verse 3 again. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. That's what they're saying. Verse 4. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. <laughs> Try it. You'll like it. He who sits in the heavens. Well, who sits in the heavens? Well, the Lord does. Yeah, but he's not alone. No, my Bible. Should we look at it? Hold your place in Psalm 2. I think we need to look at it. Ephesians. Someone needs to know where their seat is this morning. A lot of folks have left their seat empty this morning. We never want to leave our seat empty. A great price was paid for us to be able to take this seat. Notice in verse 3 of chapter 1. Blessed. Turn to somebody and say, blessed. Blessed. Can't get away from it, can you? I'm sorry. We just can't get away from it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice chapter 2, verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit 
together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice that. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Didn't say he's going to do it. Says he has done it. He has done it. We're already there. Somebody say, I'm blessed because I'm seated in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and every name that is named. Hallelujah. That's where you're seated today. You're seated where? In the heavenly places. Well, notice this here. We've got all this plotting going on down here on earth. Verse 4, he who sits in the heavens, that's us, that's us, shall laugh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shall laugh. <laughs> Praise God. Fred, you got a lot to laugh at this morning. You got a lot to laugh about this morning. The Lord shall hold them in derision. You look that up, means contempt or laugh to scorn. Laugh to scorn. You know, it's an amazing thing. Uh, whenever I take authority over the devil, most, 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 I mean, most every time, I can't say every time, but most every time, when I take authority over the devil, I'll just start laughing right after I do that. Yeah. I tell the devil, devil, take your hands off them and go in Jesus' name. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to do it. It just comes up out of my spirit. Comes up out of my spirit, see? Because even though my head doesn't, my mind, my eyes don't see it, my spirit knows. I just put the devil on the run. I just put him on the run. And my spirit is laughing. Laughing at the devil. Laughing him to scorn. Making a mockery of him. Just laugh at him. It's okay to do it. Don't laugh at your brother or sister, but you can laugh at the devil. Isn't that good to know? See, it's not sin to laugh at the devil. It's sin to laugh at your brother and sister. See, laugh them to scorn, mock them. See, so don't do that. Make sure you're laughing at the right one. We're laughing with one another, laughing at the devil. Laughing at the devil, laughing with the Lord. You know, we're seated in heavenly places with him. I mean, if the Lord's laughing, should we be just sitting there? You know, you look over the Lord, the Lord's like, <laughs> you know, Lord nudges you and you just, <laughs> that's a good way to get kicked out of your seat. Or at least move to the back. Take this guy to put him in the back. I need some, I need some, <laughs> I need I need some laughing party people up here. I need, I need some folks that got some joy. Got a sense of humor about them. Know how, to, know how to laugh at the devil. Praise God. Laughing in faith. See, that just drives the devil crazy. When you're laughing and he's plotting. He puts this thing together. He, I mean, he's been working all night on this thing. You get up in the morning. You find out about it. <laughs> Oh, man. Get 
out of here in Jesus' name. <laughs> right? And devil go, it just, he don't have to do with that. It holds him in derision. Holds him in derision. Just holds him there. He's bound. It just binds him. Just binds him. He can't do anything. He can't do anything with somebody that's laughing. Why? Why does laughter bind the enemy? Because it's because the presence of God is there. It's because it's the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord's our strength. See? So it just it just binds him. Shuts him down because you're in the presence of God. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Now you might not be good at laughing. You might be good at belly aching. See, some folks have been trained in belly aching. Not a good belly laugh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you need some training. So I'm here to help you this morning. Everybody say with me. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. I don't get do it with a frown. I don't care. Say, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. We're talking about a breakout of God. We're talking about a blessing breakout. We're talking about God getting all over the place. We're talking about the presence of God filling the house of God. We're talking about the glory of God. How do you get the glory of God? Well, you got to have a breakout of joy. Have a breakout of joy. Right there, the devil's been breaking out against you in all kinds of evil ways. And you have a breakout of joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And man, it releases, it, releases the pre- it releases the presence of God. It releases the presence of God. It releases the fragrance of Christ. It releases the anointing. It brings in the ark. The ark is attracted to that. The ark comes where there's joy, where there's faith. God loves a cheerful, joyful giver. That's what he likes. He likes cheerfulness. He loves it, actually. He loves, loves cheerfulness. He loves joy. So we give the Lord what he loves, and we get him in the house. So sometimes you got to start out by faith. Ha, 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 ha. 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 <laughs> Confused a little bit. <laughs> and you'll start to get it. You'll start to get it. Can you say amen? See, then his presence comes. See, I'm, t- I'm feeling his presence right now. His presence is getting all over me, actually. <laughs> 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 That's what happens. That's what happens. It's a breakout. It's a breakout. It's a breakout. 
<laughs> Get happy. Get happy. Whew, my goodness. It don't take much. It don't take much. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost heats up in here. It's the presence of God. There's healing in the heat. There's healing in the heat. And there's... foolish. It's just so foolish. It makes much more sense to drink fermented beverages and get this way. That makes sense. Now, drinking fermented beverages and getting, getting happy, that makes sense. That's why we call it happy hour. But going to church... And just getting happy over God's word uh, and in the presence of God. That don't make any sense. That don't make any sense. This makes sense. This makes sense, dude. (laughs) This makes sense. No, you're nuts. You're nuts. You're putting chemicals in your body, you're putting death in your body. You're crazy. We're not. We're actually normal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to study God's word like I've never studied before. I'm going to mutter and not murmur. But mutter God's word word. all the time. time. And And I'm going to be holy, even as he's holy. And And I'm going to be passionate, passionate. on fire fire. for the things I believe. believe. And And I'm going to give like I've never given before. I'm a big giver. And I'm giving hospitality. I love the children of God. Fervently, and I'm going to laugh and rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah! Praise God! Stand on your feet with me. Let's thank the Lord. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith 
and strengthen your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.